Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now on with the show. All right. So today we have an exciting guest for you. Her name is Liz Lidgets. She is an art advisor and gallery owner based in Des Moines, Iowa. Liz works with clients in more than 45 states and seven countries, and she's been featured in Better Homes and Gardens, Business Insider, and Forbes. Part of what makes Liz's business so special is her accessible approach to art. To Liz, art is for everyone, and we're going to talk through all the ins and outs that you can make to feel good about your art investments. So Liz, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Well, I'm excited because I've been following you on social media like long before this and actually following a lot of your artists too. So thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. We have almost 50 artists from around the world now in the gallery. I think people are always surprised that this whole production is happening in Des Moines, but we love the Midwest and we love Des Moines. And so this is where we want to be. And the way the internet has kind of democratized where people can live and work, we get to do all of this from exactly where we want to be now, which is awesome. Totally. Yeah. Let's talk about the Midwest because that's not your typical art hub. Yeah. Do you feel like that gives you a different perspective on art than maybe you would have if you were in New New York, York, LA. Yeah, maybe. I think one of the things about it is that it doesn't make me a dime a dozen, right? Like there, there's just fewer galleries here. There are some great ones. There's a lot of really amazing art and design coming out of the Midwest. And people, I think, just kind of think of it as flyover country sometimes. And there's so many good ideas coming out of the Midwest. I got my master's at USC and lived in Los Angeles for a few years. And when my husband and I were thinking about where to be, where to move, all of those things, we're both from Des Moines. And we would come back and visit during the holidays and see the way that the art scene was growing and changing. And I always say in Des Moines, you have to have a good idea to make a difference. But in Los Angeles, it was like you had to be this multimillionaire. <laughs> it was so hard to break in and make a difference and really stand out there. But in Des Moines, people really wanted to rally around a female small business owner. And it meant so much to me that now we've got clients everywhere, right? But our base is here because they believed in me from the very beginning when they didn't really have much to believe in at the time, but they saw the vision and this community just kind of rallied around me, which was, I'm so thankful for. It's very cool. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. We love being here. But yeah, I I also think that it's interesting that I'm, I, I believe art can come from anywhere. Great art can come from anywhere. I don't think that I have to be looking at just New York artists or just LA artists or whatever. So we've got artists from around the world. We've got artists from small towns and big cities. And I feel like if I just connect with their artwork and them as artists, then I don't really care where they're from. And they ship here. So, and then we ship out to everybody else. I would say that we ship about 80% of the artwork that we sell now. That really changed during COVID. We were much more of a local gallery when we, Mm. because the gallery's only been open for three years. I was an art advisor before that. And 
we had been open for about eight or nine months when COVID hit. And I didn't know what to do, but I had rent to pay <laughs> and salary. And honestly, you know, at the time, like 30 artists that I wanted to make sure that they could continue to live and eat and work and all of that. So I really wanted to sell their art. And I just started going on Instagram every day and showing a piece of artwork that I thought was really beautiful because people weren't able to go to museums or galleries the way that they once were. And luckily people responded to it and we developed a, a trust relationship, right? Like people know that when they're buying artwork from the gallery, that it's myself or Allie or Tina, they know who we are. They know what our faces look like. They know we're the ones that are packaging it and making sure that it's going to arrive safely to them. And they also know why I love the artwork because I talk about it. I tell them about it. And it's not just an art historical reference. It's also just what I passionately connect with. So I, I think that people connect with that conversation and they get excited about artwork too. And they've been buying, which is lovely. <laughs> The other thing that I think is really exciting about that is that you're opening it up to an audience that might not traditionally go to a gallery and feel that artwork is accessible to purchase. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, absolutely. Accessibility is everything for me. That's one of our main tenets of this gallery is I just believe art is for everyone. And that's why we have artwork that starts at $150 and it goes up to $15,000, right? Depending on where your budget is. And we do payment plans and we just do so much to try and make it easy for people to walk away with a, their original piece of artwork. I think it's what kind of adds a little bit of soul to every room. Uh, and I also think that art can work really well hand in hand with design. We love working with designers, but having that original piece of artwork versus a print or something along those lines, I think makes a really big difference. And we want that for everybody. So accessibility is really important. And the education part, nobody, everybody feels this kind of like, not everyone, but a lot of people feel like, do I belong in the art world? Can I even walk, step foot into this gallery? Our gallery is all glass windows. We, and so I watch people hesitate as they like almost walk in the door. You know, like I see them physically like, do I belong here? Can, can I go in? I think that the art world has gotten a bad rap because there are some pretty snooty galleries out there too, right? They, they don't have their prices clearly listed. It's a very much like if you have to ask, then you can't afford it sort of a thing. But that is like 0.0004% of the art world, right? The majority of people are, are artists are in galleries like this, or they're on Etsy, or there's like no pretension there. Uh, and so I think that those, that really small percentage has given the art world a bad rap. And there's so much more to it if you're willing to explore. Oh, how, how do you know if you're going to feel comfortable? Well, here's the thing. People ask me that a lot. And here's what I'll tell you. P Galleries are used to people coming in and browsing and not buying a thing. So don't worry about that. Nobody feels like you're going to walk in and automatically be like, that's the one. When it happens, oh my gosh, we're excited about it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> we love us some walking traffic. But you know, most of the time people walk in, we have a conversation. I tell them a little bit about the process of the artist and then they go on their way. But there's that percentage of people that keep thinking about the artwork that they saw 
and it, they connected with it and it just stayed with them. And that's almost always how you know that you just like have to have it if it's within your budget, right? And so then we get an email and say, I walked in, I walked around, I loved that piece, let's do it. I guess my point in all of that is don't worry about the gallery judging you. The other thing is, even if they are to heck with them, I mean, it's, this is, that's, that's what they're open for is for people to come in and see artwork. Just, just walk in. Um, honestly, you also kind of get a vibe, right? Um, we were just in Dallas and there were some amazing old Victorian homes that uh, a lot of galleries had turned into art galleries. So there's like furniture and art and it was really cool. And I was getting so many ideas. Sometimes you can see like the really kind of sterile, modern gallery type. Maybe that's not for you. Maybe you want to find something, a, a type of gallery that feels more welcoming. Always checking on Instagram and social. See how they talk about their artists. See who their artists are. You can always do a quick kind of research <laughs> jaunt through Instagram and see what you're thinking there too. But I honestly, I think you just have to boldly go and act confident, walk around, don't feel sheepish about it because there's nothing to feel sheepish about. It's really just go and enjoy some artwork and don't think twice about it. There are a lot of people that maybe are intimidated by the by going into a gallery, but I also feel like there's some there are people who are just intimidated by their own lack of like confidence in what they like. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like they just they're like, I don't know if it's good or it's bad. It's not that I am nervous about how I am with the, you know, this gallery owner, but yeah. I just don't know what I think. And yes. so how, I feel like, the, how do you get, I mean, how do you buy art if you have no idea how you feel about it? How do you right. start developing your, your eye, I guess? So one of the things that I really like to recommend is a date night idea and go to your local museum when they've got like a late Thursday night or a Friday night. And this is my favorite game to do. My husband and I walk through the museum and we pretend like we're billionaires <laughs> and we can buy any single piece of artwork in the museum. And I think it's interesting to look at it from that perspective because it opens up a lot of dialogue. Obviously, you're not buying that artwork, right? So there's nothing on the line here. <laughs> and it's not for sale. <laughs> and it's, it's not for sale. It's not <laughs> for sale. Point, point. Right, right. So anyway, so you're, you're walking through and you see a Jackson Pollock and you say, I really like the movement in it. I love the colors he used in this piece. And then you walk to the next piece and you see a Monet and you're like, that's not as interesting to me. I think I like abstract a little bit more than impressionism. And the main way you're going to find out what you like is by looking at a lot mm. of art and then trying to figure out if you can verbalize in some way what you actually like about the piece and what you're drawn to it. And I think the easiest way to do that is by going to museums and looking on Instagram and actually talking out loud, whether you're to a friend or your partner or whomever, and just trying to verbalize and talk about it. So many people start talking to me about the things that they like and they say, oh, well, I don't, I don't know much about artwork. That's okay. That's why you're here. And that's why you're working with a gallery because we know lots about art. So we can give you all kinds of education about it and talk to you about it. I think the other thing too, is if you have a, sp a particular wall, um, let's say you need a new zoom background. We've been doing a lot of zoom backgrounds this last year. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. One of the funniest things I, this is an aside, but 
we had a guy call us and he had a uh, print of a painting of Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber in his Zoom background. And his boss was like, you can't no. do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so he called and said, you really need to help me find like an actual nice piece of artwork because I'm doing actually big deals with Jim Carrey, like looking like he's peeking over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Anyway, yeah, Did he ask funny. for something similar? He was like, but do you have no. something? Of that? <laughs> I was like, I don't have anything like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've got a lot, but not that. Um, so anyway, Zoom background. So you send us a photo of your wall dimensions of the space and then help us photo we'll photoshop artwork in there and we'll show you a lot of different things and that's how you get mm. the conversation started i always say no is not a bad thing to tell us but you have to say what the next sentence is you have to give us a little bit of context and so mm. if you can get to a point where you feel like you can give context it might just be i don't really like the color red that's okay. That's good information for us to have. But as long as you can just kind of just start to verbalize, you don't have to use art historical terms, but, you know, think along the lines of that feels sad to me. That doesn't feel like the right energy. This isn't how I want to feel when I'm in the room. Even things like that, if you think about them that way, even through feelings, that helps me a lot and I can help mm. you get to the next piece. So just think about it, but go to a museum and just look at a lot of art and try and verbalize it with somebody. And you're going to feel so much more confident when you're actually ready to buy a piece of artwork. That I love the idea of the museum because I feel like, a, you know, with just girlfriends or whatever, they don't start thinking about art until they have an empty wall that they want to fill. Oh, and then yeah. it's not, the question isn't what art do I like? It's what is going to look good here. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the wrong question to ask. In it, some cases, it, because then you're right. just filling the wall versus finding something you really love and placing on the wall. Right. I totally agree. There is this kind of term, they call it OTC art. It's over the couch art mm. that sometimes people, it's like, it's just kind of a negative term sometimes in the art world where we want you to find pieces that you actually connect with and love, not just because it matches your sofa. Like I said earlier, I really do think that art and design go super, super well, and they can just sing when they are done cohesively. So I get that sometimes it is OTC art, and it just looks fabulous together. <laughs> but I love you this term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I really want is for you to connect with it. I think people get a little bit too concerned sometimes of does this go, and. Eventually, if you have a well-collected home of things that you truly love, your artwork somehow just naturally starts to go with the other things that you have because you have collected things that represent you mm -hmm. and you are the tie that binds. So I don't think that you need to worry so much about if things go or not or whatever, or if you have an empty wall or things. I mean, certainly sometimes you've got an empty wall and we get a lot of photos of that. I love that. But at the same time, if we can kill two birds with one stone, right? Can we get you something that you really, really love? And it also fills up that wall that you've been looking at for the last two years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's when we've done our job really well. Because most people are not going to live in the same house for forever. So yeah, eventually you're going to move. And then yes. Are you going to just throw out that art piece that you right. got only because it went there? No. So, well, hopefully not. So get well, something that you're going to want to. It might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah true. Right. True. Now that we learned yeah. a new term. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, the other thing I, I want to say when I think about this is something that I've been really thinking about and pushing is that your art collection should represent your values. So I want you to think about who created the artwork too. Is it a female artist? We represent at least 50% women artists here at the gallery. That is a main tenet of what we do because women artists are so underrepresented in the art world at large. Same for, there's, you know, there's a, it's overly proportioned to white male artists. So how can we at the, at, at my gallery, represent artists that don't typically get that same sort of wall space at other galleries? So are you looking for BIPOC artists, LGBTQ artists with Pride Month, you know? So all of those things, um, I want you to think about who the artist is as well. And that's an important conversation to have with your gallery to just find out more about the artist and what their thoughts are about the artwork. And there's so much more, even if it's an abstract artwork, like the one I have behind me, there's a lot of thought and interesting information that goes into that piece and why that artist design or paints or creates the way that they do. So trying to think about that kind of thing too is going to help you have a deeper connection with the artwork. And it's going to want you, it's going to make you want to have it on your wall now and at the next home and the next home, because you've made that connection with who the artist is as well. Yeah. I always think of it my, like as a first art crush, like, Oh Yeah. Yeah, like that feeling that oh. you get when you get a crush on somebody. That. Like that's how you should feel about artwork. And then I yes. love that idea of getting more into figuring out the stories behind the artwork, the the artist and the intention. That's really awesome. Yes. So one of the things I was thinking about was yesterday I did an Instagram live with an artist named Christina Flowers. And she's out of Virginia, and we have had her pieces in the gallery for a little while, but she's a newer artist for us. And we did this Instagram Live, and I said, tell me about your inspiration. And these works are called Stepping Into the Sun. And they're large, bold, abstract works. I knew that I really liked them, and I loved the color and the energy in them. But then she told me about how she's been thinking about how women need to step into the light more and take up space and be bold with their lives. And it made me love the pieces so much more because they're bold and they're large. And I see her inspiration the moment that she said that. They're, they're abstract works. They're colorful, bold bits of color. You wouldn't look at them and automatically know that. But the moment you know that story behind that, you feel it, you know mm. it. That's what I love about the art world. That's what I love about doing this job because a little bit of conversation, and it's not, gosh, that's a conversation anybody could have. And that's a that's a story anybody could relate to, right? So I, I love the idea of just having conversations about the artwork that you're having too. Don't be afraid to ask questions if you're talking with an artist um, or working with a gallery, because these artists have put a little bit of their soul into each and every single one of these works. There is a reason that they are doing this piece of artwork the certain way that they are. There's a lifetime of story in that piece. And... I want everyone to feel really comfortable in asking those questions and learning more about the artwork because you're going to, your, your walls are going to be so much richer for it. And is it, so is it normal? It's, it's normal to go in and have that full conversation with you because obviously if the artist is there, you can talk to them, but. Oh yeah. But the gallery owner should know 
the story? Like everybody on your staff? Most of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it depends on the gallery, right? But it's something that we talk a lot about and try and learn as much as we can about each piece because these artists aren't here. Now, we're not really in a post-COVID world, are we? But we're at a point where people can travel more and things like that. So the last month, I have been traveling around and meeting some of our artists for the first time. I have serious work relationships with these people. I mean, instead of handshakes, they were hugs. Like, I love these people that I've been working with for the last three years through Zoom and phone calls and text. But my point is, is that we try and have a lot of conversations about them. And we try and talk to them as much as as possible, even though they're not here with us. So that's something that's important for us to be able to tell the stories behind the artwork and the artists. Okay. Now, what if your taste don't to your point we do the date night you realize your your partner's taste do not work or like they're just opposites or any something like that how do you bring people together on art is it a uh or are you more doing like a layering effect of like two stacked or you know is there some kind of formula for that does that make sense happens yes of course it happens all the time I think like 10% of my job is marriage counselor, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's just like having those conversations. I'm sure any designer feels that way, quite frankly, but, you know, trying to blend and marry different styles is a really interesting challenge. We had a couple recently, the woman really loved abstract, colorful artwork. The man truly just wanted landscapes. My dad, for example, I love him so much. He's so proud of what I do here. He walks in and he's like, you don't have anything that looks like anything. <laughs> Every time <laughs> he comes into the gallery. So I know that guy. You know what I mean? Like, I know right, that he wants, right. to, like, he wants it to be representational. He wants to, like, see a boat in the piece, right? So anyway, that's why working with a gallery or an art advisor is a really good plan when you have that sort of dilemma. Going to a gallery that you trust and you can have those conversations with, because as the gallery owner, gosh, I've seen a lot of art and that, and I haven't, I don't have all of the art that we have on the website or on our walls. There's a lot of stuff in back in inventory and storage. So I get to go into inventory and say, okay, we actually have like a abstract landscape artist, which we do, Jimmy Navarro. And that was exactly what they both needed. It blended those styles just enough that they both felt really good about it. So I think that that's why, you know, you go to a therapist or you go to a third party or you go to a doctor about like (laughs) you're, you come. Yeah, exactly. You come to me. I'm gosh, I'm not a doctor. Thank God. But I will tell you, I've got, I think I've got enough experience that you sometimes you just got to go to the experts. Right. And that's what we try and do is hear, hear both parties clearly with kindness and love and they're both right (laughs) but how can we find that piece sometimes it takes a little while but gosh we're almost always able to do it so go into the galleries and make personal connections with the gallerist because you're you're making very personal relationships with the people who are buying the work yeah it's interesting because we're talking we're asking questions that are very personal they're not always questions that you would ask somebody on the first time meeting someone, what's your budget, right? Like those are things that we just need to get out in the open because I don't want to show you something that is not within this year's budget that you're going to fall in love with and then be 
upset that you can't have it. <laughs> I don't want to put you in a bad position. So it's those questions are like, what's your budget? What's your style? How do you want to feel when you walk in the room? All of these questions that I learned a lot about you. I ask, what do you do on a Saturday afternoon? Tell me how you spend your free time. Those types of questions give me a lot of information because then I find out that they love to travel to Charleston. And we have a really amazing artist named Karen Ola from Charleston. And so maybe they want to see a piece from her because that makes them think of their second love, their second city. So there's so many things that I can find out when I'm having a conversation and trying to make those personal connections. When I was an art advisor beforehand, I had basically a questionnaire on our website and we now we just have those conversations in person but it really was like I need to figure out your design style what you love to do anything you really love anything you really hate in like a really fast condensed version and we have those questions kind of just memorized now of mm -hmm. these are the things I have to know out of this to make sure that we have a successful relationship um, and also there's no wrong answers right your budget may be $200, that's okay. We have a whole section of artwork under 500 because that's really important to me. I ask my artists that oftentimes their artwork is over several thousand dollars. And I say, will you make $500 pieces for me? We have, we sold, I mean, truly it was unbelievable, but we did a Christmas holiday sale last year. Every single artwork had to be under $200. We're gonna do it again this year. And we had hundreds of people waiting on the website because that's what they wanted to give as gifts. And that under $200 price point was really important to them. So many of those people have come back and purchased pieces at a higher price since then, but it was their gateway drug mm -hmm. <laughs> of getting in and, and learning that they really loved having original artwork. So that's all awesome. of that is to say is those personal relationships are really important. And I think that, um, we think about that a lot and it, we understand that there is a lot of trust and there's a lot of responsibility with all of that information. So we're really good at just keeping secrets too. <laughs> well, okay. You mentioned in the beginning of the show that your business changed a lot over COVID and I'm curious how your feelings maybe have evolved about buying art sight unseen. Is that something you would have normally suggested? Is that different now? I mean, there's so much you about know, art that like you take in in person. So yes. Uh, yeah. So a couple of things about that. We had a lot of people um, really start to feel super comfortable with that because they were doing everything online. They were getting kitchen appliances online. They were doing their clothing shopping, everything. So I think that it's just the way of the world now. People feel okay about it. But here's my suggestion. When you are working with a gallery, ask them for a video. Because a video mm. is almost always going to give you a much better perspective of what, of what a piece of artwork is like rather than a photo. Our cameras on our phones are pretty darn good these days, you know? But they also... From what I understand, I'm not a I'm not a science person as much as I wish I were. But from what I understand is that the camera kind of like corrects some things that they see as flaws, where it's like it kind of like tones down color or whatever. Sometimes video doesn't do that. You understand mm -hmm. the texture better. You understand like the side to side. You can you can have the gallery gallerista that you're working with kind of walk around the piece and video you can see um, so much more in a 20 second video than you can from just a photo so ask for video because that's what we're sending now to people 
and they feel um, a lot more confident in their purchase. It's weird. You're spending a lot of money um, in some cases buying things online that you've never seen before. So there are these like kind of tips and tricks like video that can Mm -hmm. make you feel better about it. Um, Even just having a person hold it for you, right? So I say, like, sometimes I send this photo and I say, I'm just holding it here because you can, I can tell you all day long that it's 30 inches by 30 inches, but how Mm. good are you, anyone at like really spatially understanding that? Um, So even just having a person give a little bit of perspective and hold it or put it above a table, give a little bit more than just like the tear sheet of you know, what does it look like? So I think there's, there are some tips and tricks. People are feeling pretty confident about it though. And I think the other thing, as I was saying earlier, is that it's, it's really important for you to feel confident and feel that trust with the people that you're working with too. So Mm -hmm. just because, you know, I, we have a, we have a lot of people that just start conversations. I love that. That's great. We have like an Instagram DM relationship for six months before they buy a piece of artwork, right? But they know that I'm I'm the one responding. Tina's the one responding. So they know who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. And that trust relationship is really important. Yeah, We don't take that lightly. Well, I would imagine because it's such a big purchase. Generally speaking, yeah. it's a large yeah. purchase. So yeah, yeah to, absolutely. to have that trust before you ship it too. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Okay, what if you find someone, just a an artist on Instagram randomly? Can you is it can you just directly message the artist? Like what if you find someone and they haven't gone through a you? Oh yeah. So okay. So when you're reaching out to an artist, um lots the interesting thing about the art world today is that pretty much every artist works works differently now. Lots of our artists also sell artwork on their website. Mm-hmm. That's great. Some of them don't like to do the business side of things. They only want to create. So they funnel everything through their gallery. So it's it's worth just mm-hmm. starting a conversation, right? And saying, I'm really interested in purchasing a piece. What's the best way of going about that? They may just send you directly to their website. They, they may say, I just shipped a whole show to Liz Legit Gallery. Here's their website. Go take a look. Here's the email. So I think, gosh, any artist is going to be super excited to receive a DM (laughs) that A, somebody loves their work and is responding to it, and B, wants to make a purchase. I mean, that's like a day maker. So just ask them what's the best way to do that. And then that can also save you guys some back and forth conversation because they may just say, call my gallery. They have a bunch of stuff. Okay. But it's always worth asking. I think that's the thing that if I can, if you guys can, if you, if I teach you anything today, I just want you to release the fear of looking like you don't know anything. doesn't matter. Nobody knows anything. It's fine. We're all in the same boat. Just feel confident asking the question, even if it is, what's the price of this? You mm-hmm. know, like it's, it's not a problem. That's a gallery's job is to tell you the price of things. Don't make them let you feel anything that you don't want to feel. Um, Or here's the other part of that. Go to a gallery that's not going to make you feel like that. There's lots of us out there that are great to work with. Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of friends in the industry that feel the way that I do. Or you can just call me. I won't make you feel stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to ask you something too. And this is is just because I want to know in general. At a gallery, you are not – 
heckling price. You are, <laughs> and I'm not saying no. that to be mean to artists because I understand that their work is is has a value. I just want to make sure you know how you sometimes don't know what places you're supposed to, and you all have left, and it seems yeah. like you didn't even say, and you're like, no, that was the price she said, or you know, yeah, yeah, you know, some artists, some galleries. There is, I, I'm going to use the word hinky. There's something hinky going on, right? Like, <laughs> okay. But for the majority of galleries, price is as stated. Okay, and that's what's really nice about the way that the internet has democratized everything because our prices are, you can find them anywhere. You can find mm-hmm. them on the wall next to the piece and you can find them on the website. And transparency is such an important part of what we do now because the art world has gotten a pretty weird rap of things not being transparent that there is a price for you and a price for you and a price for you and it's all different because of what your collection is when you're buying artwork that's two million dollars that's still the case when you are buying a piece of artwork like the one behind me that is 2500 that's not the case the Mm. price is the price because the artist has really thought about you know, what their market's mm-hmm. at, the shipping that they had to use, the materials. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that it's priced at $2,500. Okay. And we want to make sure that those prices are both accessible, but then also kind of show the inherent nature of quality in a piece mm-hmm. of fine art. So it's not cheap, right? right? But it's accessible, but we do try and make it accessible. So there's a lot of conversation that goes on around price per square inch and all of that. There's always a reason, at least in the our gallery of why something's priced a certain way. And it's just that across the board. Now we had a super fun three day, 10% off Memorial Day sale. <laughs> we did it and we shipped so much art this week That's awesome. because of it, which was awesome. So you know, if you know that a happen. gallery has mm-hmm. like things could happen mm-hmm. that way, but it was ten percent off for everybody. So I think Great. that transparency. Great. And 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 the website things that the way that things have to be listed now. Yeah. There's there's less room for that. Perfect. Perfect. I just want to make sure because I think that's something. Yeah. Yeah. No. Again, yeah. Makes people feel uncomfortable. People, <laughs> well, yes, but a lot of people have questions about that. Perfect. Yeah. Um. To continue on the pricing sort of thread. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little bit more insight into what, I mean, you kind of mentioned a few things, but like mediums that are more expensive or is, or mm-hmm. is it really just about the artist's name and marketability and like their, I don't know, like cachet that they've acquired? Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit, it's a little bit of all of that. We have, a, we have mostly emerging artists and then some mid-career artists in our gallery. So here's the thing. Anything is only worth what someone will purchase it for. I could mark up artwork to $40,000, but no one is going to buy a certain piece. So we have over time really figured out where the sweet spot is. And we find that, for example, if things, if we just can't keep things in stock, then it might be time to go up to that next price level because there is a little bit of like scarcity, right? That artists are making these things by hand. And so there's, they only have so much time that they're able to create works. And so it might be then that would give us an indication that it's time to go up to the next price bump. Um, but yeah, price per square inch is what we do. Sometimes, yes, there, we have to think about like what the 
actual materials are. We have a piece that's covered in 24 karat gold right now. That piece is more expensive than, you know, her other work. So there, there are things like that. But yeah, we, we think a lot about like what point they're in their career, um, past sales, making sure that their market is consistent is really important to us because we don't ever want to do like, here's a 50% off sale because that's going to tank their work because that is then the new price of their artwork. <laughs> um, and it devalues everything else out there. Right. So, um, so those are all things that I'm constantly thinking about as we're pricing artwork. It's tricky. Yeah. It's really tricky. And then, you know, I think one of the great things about our relationship with our artists is that we have constant conversation. Um, I have office hours that they can just like a professor <laughs> um, that I have um, booked every single month and they can just like hop in a zoom and they know that they can get me. Mm-hmm. And those are the things we talk about are the pricing and how sales are going and all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like for every artist, there's a little bit different formula, but it is very thought about. And it's, mm-hmm. um, it is a conversation to try and figure out where they are, but it's usually about where they are in their career. Okay. Can I just say that? I love that you have zoom office hours. That is yeah. so smart. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. You know, um, we think of our artists as clients too. Artists have so many galleries that they could work with and, I feel really honored that they work with us. And I just want to make sure that their experience is really, really good too. And so like we do an end of the year survey to kind of get like a state of the union of how happy our artists are. Is there anything that we can be doing? Are there best practices at other galleries that they really love seeing? You know, even we used to do paper checks and they really wanted wire transfers and like direct deposits. So we figured that out this year for them. That was like one of our big <laughs> things. It's like, it's even like simple business stuff, right? right. Mm-hmm. But if, right. We can, if we can make it so that we are an awesome gallery to work with, both for our clients and our artists, and we're this like awesome glue that keeps it all together, then we're doing our job really well. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you ever have a client come in and then have reached out to maybe the artist to do, you know, like, I really like their work, but these colors don't work for me. Will you then reach out to the artist to maybe see if they're open to that? Or is that not? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We do commissions all the time. And I think commissions are really fun because the client feels like such a sense of ownership around it, too. Um And then, you know, sometimes I think it's really fun to, I have a friend that calls it surprise and delight. I think surprise and delights are really fun, something that's really unexpected. So we did this commission with an artist of ours, Rocky Reed. This client loved it. Their last name starts with the letter B. And so bumblebees, I knew, had become like a really important part of like symbol in their family. So I had Rocky put a small B in the flower of the still life that they had commissioned. So it's things like that, that like it gives them that just like little bit more of a connection through a commission. Yeah, sometimes it's just like, man, I really love that style. It was so beautiful, but I am not a fan of the color purple and I want it taken out. Sometimes it's like that sometimes we can put something really meaningful and it's not hokey. It's really, but it's still meaningful to them. And I think that's, what's really fun about commissions because that then makes it something that they feel connected to for like, they'll be telling their grandkids 
that that's why that bumblebee was in that still life was because of them. And I love the idea that it becomes an heirloom in a family. And that's kind of the power of commission sometimes or working with an artist. That's another thing that artists, commissions take a lot of time. There's a lot of back and forth with the client. Artists don't always love that part of things. Um, and so if we can kind of have those really fun conversations, because I love talking to people, having those conversations, condensing it down, giving it to the artist, then they're really open to commissions in a way that they may not have been, but it's not as much back and forth and it's not as much work for them. So that's another reason why it's great working with a gallery, because sometimes we have the opportunity to get you a commission that wouldn't have happened if you had gone directly to the artist. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that middle person would be great because how awkward would it be if you didn't really like it, you know? Oh, yeah. And so then right. you have to like tell the person directly, whereas if you have a someone like you helping, you can be like, eh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that people feel more comfortable talking to me sometimes versus the artist because I mean, bless them. The clients do not want to offend the artist or make them feel bad because they understand the artists. It's so personal. It's not right. just like a, a job that they're going to and sitting in front of a computer. Sometimes it's so personal. And so if I can then get that feedback of I straight don't like this. And then I write, dear artist, <laughs> they thought the artwork was so beautiful. However, they don't love the color green. Let's take that out and let's get to the next step in the draft. You know, I, I think I can like kind of get past some of the emotion that mm -hmm. either a client or an artist feels. And I can just like give them something really straightforward. I can, I can hear it from both sides and then speak differently. Whichever language is needed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. To get to the final result. The yeah. interpreter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that's what we all want. It's just a successful piece at the end of the day. Right. Um, so let's just take some of the emotion out of it. Awesome. I, I have done a commission once where I just, I don't really like it. Did and I it? Darn it. I wish I had had like a you because oh, yeah, yeah. we were Did working you work directly with, with the artist. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, and um. You probably didn't feel as comfortable being able to say, right. Mm -hmm. That's so natural. That's so natural. So I yeah. think that is why it's really nice to be able to work with a gallery or an art yes. advisor to be able to do, do that. that. Next time. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You've learned your lesson. It seems like. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like you said, I, d I don't want to hurt their feelings and I get that they're spending time and everything. But on the other hand, like now I don't really want to hang it up. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's kind Honestly, that's coming from a place of kindness. And I think that's a, mm -hmm. I think that really is a, a lovely thing that you feel that you don't want to hurt their feelings. At the same time, you deserve a piece. You're paying for it that you really yeah. love. So that's, I get it. Lesson learned. I, I, some, yeah, lesson learned. Yeah. Totally. Next time I'm going to call you, Liz. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm ready. Can we talk about framing? Just because I have so many questions about framing. And oh, yeah. when is it appropriate? And should it be on a piece you buy from a gallery? Is it not always include? Like, what happens? Are you framing it? Is the you artist know, framing it? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times our artists uh, are now framing works themselves because they want to be in control of how the final piece looks, right? And framing can really change the way a, a work looks. 
sometimes we're doing it, sometimes they're doing it. If it's a work on paper, a lot of times our clients want to be able to choose that themselves so it doesn't come, but it's always stated, framing included, framing not included, framing is additional, somewhere around mm. that. It's always, we, we try and be very transparent that this is, it's, it's coming with it or not. We have Hunt Slonum who does, you may recognize his bunnies that have become pretty popular. We have Hunt Slonum in our gallery and he chooses antique 19th century French frames. The frame is almost as much a piece of the artwork that he has chosen. Like he puts the the bunny wet into the frame so that they're almost like glued together, right? You are not separating those. Other times artists feel like I want to frame this for the client so it's ready to hang on the wall, but if they want to choose it, frame, switch it out to a black frame, it's no big deal. So, I, you know, it's always worth having, going back to, this might have been my theme. You need to just ask. And, you know, there's a lot of things that framing can do for a work. Doesn't always need it too. And so that's what one of those conversations that we can just say, it comes with it. It would look great. The ed, or the edges are finished. It actually doesn't need a piece of it doesn't need a frame around it at all. The other thing about framing too, though, is that let's say you have a smaller piece, but you needed to, it to take up more visual real estate, then you can have some fun with framing where you like kind of play with the proportions where it's a smaller piece of artwork that's off-centered, but then it's on a huge mat or something like that. So, I mean, there's so many things that you can do that are really fun with it, but the framing and the matting are really just meant to let the artwork shine. And so I think that most of our artists, many, well, many of our artists are choosing the frames now because they want to be in control of what it finally looks like on the wall. It's happening and are, more and more. And are your customers good with that for the most part? Do they, they yeah, want that honestly. final piece that they can just put right on their wall? Yeah, we sell a lot of artwork every month. And I would say most months we don't have anybody ask us about switching out the framing. So it seems like the artists are pretty good at knowing what's going to look really good with that artwork and clients feel pretty good about it. Every once in a while, it's just not what's right. And so we help switch that out and make adjustments. But yeah, you know, it, it seems like people are into going along with the artist's wishes. How should you think about the frame in the context of your room? Like, is, should it just not even be, like, the rest of your room, should that not even be a factor in the way it's framed? Or is it something you should consider? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if, say, it's a gold frame and you've got all, like, yeah. silver finishes and or something. Yeah. First, I think that I think it's okay to switch things up. I don't think everything needs to be matchy matchy. Actually, I think I like it when things aren't matchy matchy, but that's my personal style. When you're doing a gallery wall, I think a really good rule of thumb is no more than three types of frames in a gallery wall. Because once you start doing a ton of frames, unless they're all vintage or something along those lines, you just need a little cohesion, right? And so making sure that you kind of limit the types of frames is going to give some of that cohesion and kind of give it a, a tie that goes through everything. But the frame is not meant to be the star of the show as a mm. rule of thumb. Then, you know, yesterday I was scrolling through Instagram as I do, as I'm just kind of relaxing. And I saw these frames that were like hand painted striped. And then they were also on the mat as well. And then the piece itself also just sung with it. It was so fun. So 
I think that we learn the rules to break them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's maybe the, the point of all of that, anything in design. I mean, I can give you, right. you know, 40 times where hanging a piece of artwork above the furniture, 10 to 12 inches is the right call. And then I'll give you a time where it was right to do it two feet above, you know, it's so it just kind of depends case by case. But sometimes when you learn the rule of thumb, it just helps make those decisions a little bit easier. Yeah. On that note, what is your rule of thumb for hanging? 60 inches in the center, baby. So you, (laughs) that's that's, great. That's my rule across the board because that's average eye line. Perfect. That's great. I feel like a lot of people need that like tucked away for sure. Yeah. So you just divide the height of the piece. And so if your piece is 60 inches, then you've got, or let's say 30 inches. So then you've got 15 plus 60, 75 inches is where the top of the height of the piece of the artwork should be. It's pretty easy once you get used to it, but 60 inches in the center. Two thirds, a piece should be two thirds the size of the piece of furniture that it's above. You know, sizing should be about, if you've got a piece of artwork above a piece of furniture, like a sofa or something like that, usually 10 to 12 inches is pretty good. An OTC. And if you've got an OTC... (laughs) and you want to display it and you don't want anybody to knock their heads on it 10 to 12 inches is usually a pretty good rule Um, usually that's pretty good rule for above like console tables and things like that too because flowers won't knock it the same way in a vase or anything Mm -hmm. like that that you're doing you know just I think there are these like kind of like fun easy to spout off rules but if you know them then it will give you confidence in actually putting that nail on the wall. Because gosh, I talked to a lot of people that have just had art. They have the art and it's just leaning against their wall because they're so afraid of putting a nail in the wall and making a hole. And it's just one of those fears that feels like so many people feel that way. And so some of those rules are, I think are going to help people get past that. I feel like I have the opposite problem. I need more fear putting holes in the wall. You know what I mean? Like, I just wing so it and like so put a hole things. in the wall and then I'm like, Oops. Caroline literally is like, oh, well. I level here. <laughs> yeah, I don't measure. Okay. I just, yeah. I literally Tate just wing it. are going to be your friend there. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it one. It usually everywhere. works out. Do you have I mean, one every year? Yeah. 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 Cars, purses. I mean, my husband's always like, why is your purse so heavy? And I'm like, because there's tools in there on a daily basis. <laughs> I need those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally true. Is we, we have found, too, a lot of people asking on how to hang wall stuff. And you you are like, you, you've all been to someone's house where they're taller than you or shorter than you. And you're like, I can't see myself in this mirror or. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. It's like they don't really think about it. it it's like. I did that. Yep. <laughs> like, that's, that's Caroline. That's no, I don't get it right. Five more minutes. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I get I'm it kidding. right like 90% I'm of kidding. the time. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, I know. I've been to, I've been to so many homes and people are like, okay, I'm like, I, I, we found the final piece of artwork that's going to go there. We're going to take something else down. And then they get this like very sheepish embarrassed look and I'm like what am I going to find behind that piece of artwork and it's like 40 holes <laughs> like it's okay a little caulk and spackle will be fine it's no big deal yeah. so funny we'll work, get past this. yeah yeah I've seen it all what if you're doing like uh two 
stacked pieces of art. Do you have any rules there? Yeah, you know, it depends on the pieces of artwork. I mean, usually somewhere between four and six inches is the distance. Um, but again, that's a usual thing. Depends on sometimes if you're doing a gallery wall and there's a lot of pieces involved, I try to try and make whatever that spacing is consistent. So maybe it's two to three inches or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. Consistency, I think, is key. So once you make a decision, go with it and and feel confident in your decision and um, and use a tape measure. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> when do you use a library light or a picture light over art? If there is not any direct sunlight, that is important. Um, mm -hmm. Well, you don't, let me take a step back. You don't want direct sunlight on a piece of artwork anywhere, but if it's a dark shaded room, then, and there's not any sunlight really getting into the room and you've got dim lights everywhere, that's a good time to do it. Sometimes it's just like, I feel really proud of this piece. I'm mm -hmm. going to put a statement on it. I want people to notice it. Sometimes it just looks great with your decor. Okay. Honestly, if you have good lighting in your room, there's not really a need for it, but sometimes it looks great. So it's just okay. fun to do. Yeah. All right. And there's so there's so many good ones that are on the market now. Some are like battery operated, so you don't have to have it hardwired. And you can have remotes wow. with them and wow. things like that. Yeah. And so it's like almost like hanging it is just as easy as hanging the work of artwork. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's lots of fun things you guys can, you can so do. Fun. There's lights that have easels on them now mm -hmm. too, you know? And so like being able to do that, I, I think there's so many fun ways. If you're running out of wall space, something like that is an awesome way to mm -hmm. buy another piece of artwork and have it well lit. So yeah, there's so many things you can do. I, I have in my home, I have artwork hung on the bookcases. Literally, I put the nail into the bookcase, you know? So <laughs> I love that. Um, I do too. I think I've seen it over windows that it looks great. There's so many times that you can do really fun things. Yeah, learn the rules and then break them. Awesome. I want yes. people to do that more. Okay, I feel like I asked a zillion questions. Yeah, Liz, we, yeah. we were like, Liz was like, I have so many questions. And well, I feel no, like you addressed in there. so many of them too. <laughs> like, you know, because well, I wanted to talk about the female artists and being in the Midwest yeah. and all of those great things. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate these questions. I obviously, I really like talking about this stuff. So anybody that is listening that has other questions, I'm, you can always DM me, email me. I love talking about this stuff. I do it all day long. And I, I'm just trying to create a culture of, people feeling good about the art world and feeling good about their place in it. So answering those questions, I think gets people a step closer. Yeah. Well, you really have like your Instagram game is very strong and it's been, Thank you. it's really fun to follow along with you and to see all of the different artists that you represent. Mm -hmm. There's so many pieces that are so bright and colorful and you just want that that cheerfulness and that joy that yeah. they're creating in your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, there's a, a lot of types of artwork, lots of mediums in the gallery, but I do think that there's a joyfulness that mm -hmm. connects all of them. And I, I just think the art world is joyful and can be joyful for so many people if they're willing to, to learn mm -hmm. and our art brings a lot of joy to people because I think that's what people want in their homes. Yeah. So it's, that's yeah. important to me. If you are, say someone listening also is an artist and thinking about trying to do something, work with a um, gallery. Is there, what's the steps for that? 
you know, usually um, doing the research and looking on their website, most galleries will say if they're accepting submissions or not. Mm -hmm. We take submissions, for example, uh, on a rolling basis, but we review quarterly. So we let artists know that we have received their work and we're excited to review it, but it may not be right away. Mm -hmm. Also mm-hmm. times we have, we've taken many artists that have cold emailed us. So that happens. I just get excited about their work, mm-hmm. but do the research, make sure that your work actually would do well in that mm-hmm. gallery with that clientele. Does it quote unquote fit with right. the other types of artists price point wise, style wise? I mean, there's a, mm-hmm. lots of ways that people can fit. Other times I also want to say that there have been times where we have passed over an artist in the beginning, they've stayed in touch, shown me how their work has progressed and we took them later on. So a no doesn't always mean final. It can mm-hmm. mean no for right now. Okay. Um, but if you are a kind person in that correspondence and say, okay, thank you for that. Appreciate the feedback. I'm going to incorporate that and I'll be back in touch. And then when you really are, I mean, most times I don't hear from anyone again, but when they really do that, it has made a difference. And we have then signed artists because of that. Um, So sometimes it's a long game, unfortunately, but sometimes it's exactly what we've been looking for. And you found us. You kind of mentioned like, is it going to fit? So do you feel like you're, if I'm the artist, my artwork should look similar to what you already have? Or should I look for something that you don't already have? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it can be so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. I most of the time, it's that we are um, looking for artwork that is unlike anything else that we've had. Um, I want to be able to look at a piece of artwork and say, that is a Katie Craig. I see her style. I know it. And I want it to be like a strong statement that her pieces don't all look the exact same, but her style is consistent. And so that's really what we're looking for is some strong consistency and a strong point of view. All right. I mean, we've covered a lot. So yeah. Thank you so much. Liz, can you tell everyone where they can find you and follow you and see your gorgeous uh, gallery page? Yeah. Yes. So we're LizLegit.com and on Instagram, we're at LizLegitGallery. And we're on there every day talking about art and we'd love for anybody to be a part of the conversation. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed it. I really appreciate it. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!